The best health care is there in ways big and small. There when we most and least expect it. We may not see it, but we feel it. It lets us know we're not in this alone. Everyone deserves a healthcare partner who never quits. One who's there for what matters. United Healthcare, there for what matters. It's Not Your Fault is a podcast for parents, caregivers, and young people navigating the world and its challenges. Here's your host, Brandon Jones. Greetings and welcome back to another installment of It Is Not Your Fault, a teen mental health podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Jones. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about reading and literacy. Yes, you're probably wondering, what does it have to do with mental health? Oh, it's definitely connected. And I even have a report this time to share with you. So reading, literacy, mental health amongst young people, it is very important to understand that reading is just not fundamental. It is essential to our lives, to how we interact with the culture, to how we grow and develop. And in order to really connect this dot, I have to get a little personal and share my own journey with reading and my own development around my mental health. When I was younger, um, I struggled with reading. I really, to be honest with you, I probably did not really pick up reading I made to college. I was fortunate enough to navigate and get to college without being a good reader due to my ability to just connect things. I, I was good at connecting concepts. I was good at math. I was good with numbers, but reading, I was I really struggled. Um, if I'm being honest, I probably had maybe a sixth grade reading level, maybe sixth or seventh grade reading level when I was a senior in high school. I didn't read a lot of books. I struggled to read. Um, my parents didn't read to me when I was younger. Uh, I remember having Hooked on Phonics. I don't know if people remember Hooked on Phonics. So there were there were attempts to help Brandon catch up with reading, but I wasn't the best reader. I had a lot of anxiety. I remember being in elementary school. We used to do what's called popcorn reading, and um, we would end up uh, having your name randomly called to read. And I remember, uh, especially it was probably like maybe fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, when we're getting into chapter books. And I remember I would always try to read ahead and identify the words that I knew and sound out the words that I didn't. And they gave me so much anxiety that just kept my name picked. I would hate to read. And then I would, it would become my turn and I would be reading one word at a time. Like, you know, our children are the, I would be really slow and just trying to sound out and phonically uh, get all the words out, and it was a struggle. Um, I used to hate reading out loud. Um, there were there was one point in time in elementary school where I would get pulled out of class with a few other students who also struggled with reading, and we would work with a tutor or a, um, kind of like a literacy teacher who would help us navigate and learn how to read a little bit better. But I struggled. I was a, I mean, I struggled, and I remember in middle school. Um, you know, I don't know what it was. I never was a good reader, but I could, I could understand where things were going. I could navigate stories very well. So I could guess. I was doing a lot of guessing and I actually did good in English. Believe it or not, I was a straight A student um, all the way up until um, senior year. Senior year of my second semester, senior year, I already got into college, so I didn't care. And my grades tanked a little bit, but I still graduated with a 3.3. 3. 
but I was a bad reader. Most people did not know. You couldn't tell because Brandon was smart enough to like, you know, connect these dots. That's just what I call it, connecting dots. But I wasn't the best reader. I, honestly, I definitely was probably at about a, maybe a fifth or sixth grade level when I was a senior in high school. When I got to college, though, my inability to read well really caught up with me. But I, I forced myself to catch up and learn how to read. I read a lot of books over the summer because I knew college was my shot at survival. Um, I remember being in high school, and I don't tell a lot of my personal story here on the podcast, but growing up, um, I ended up living with my grandmother most of my high school years um, just due to not being comfortable at my 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 mother, my biological parents' house uh, due to domestic violence and things of that nature. So I remember, I remember, you know, college being like my escape. Either it was like make it in college or you're going to be on the streets. So going into my scene, my freshman year of college, uh, I really forced myself to read books. So I remember, uh, I remember going to the library, getting a library card at the St. Paul Public Libraries. I remember grabbing books that I had interest in, chapter books like around sports and athletes, um, or the government conspiracies and things like that. Uh, and I forced myself to read those books as best as I can. And, and I remember one thing I used to do, and this is what really helped me learn, was I used to highlight words I didn't know and look them up in a dictionary or an encyclopedia to get better understandings of what these words were. And um, living with my grandparents, uh, my grandmother, she used to have these uh, bookcases with these big encyclopedias. So there was all this knowledge around me and I would just go through those encyclopedias and just try to connect these dots and understand what what these words meant and what these things were. So that helped me. I, I, I don't know how far in advance I made a jump from that fifth or sixth grade level, but I remember starting my freshman year being a lot more confident in my reading ability and um, not struggling as much. I probably still was probably maybe like a 10th grade level, but I was at a level enough where I could keep up enough with the college students, but I didn't have the study habits um, that I needed. And coming from a public school environment and moving on to a big university like the University of Minnesota, uh, I did not bring the right study skills and habits with me to the University of Minnesota. And I end up um, uh, flunking, I would say. Let's just be honest. I flunked my um, first semester of college. I, I don't even know what my GPA was. I just know the only class I was passing, I had like a B minus and was a class called People and Problems, which ultimately was a sociology class. So I struggled. I got put on academic probation. Um, I had to do some work, some coursework over the summer and uh, these things that they call like midterms, like you can get additional credits like during the the breaks, so winter break, things like that. So I did a lot of that to catch up, which I was able to do, and my reading got better. But one thing that I didn't tell you about that I think is important, because I didn't realize it until I got older, is how my inability to read uh, really impacted my mental health. I had so much anxiety around reading. I used to get anxious around people, and I think that it actually created some social anxiety for me as as an adult where I get uncomfortable around um, people for particular things especially when it comes around intelligence or smarts things like that now, these are things I've worked on you know I do a lot of public speaking now so I'm comfortable with reading or speaking in front of people but back in those times man there was a big struggle for me and it definitely weighed in on my mental and emotional health why is Brandon telling you this it's not to get in here and tell my personal story but it's to connect you to this report that just came out that I think was fascinating and somewhat scary. And I wanted to kind of ring the alarm for you because if you have a young person, a teenager, an adolescent 
who struggle with their reading, we have to do something about that. We have to engage with that young person as soon as possible because they need your help to navigate because pretty soon they're going to launch into the real world and it's hope and hopefully they can increase their literacy skills to the best ability. Otherwise, there may be problems. So the title of this report that came out was Evidence-Based Reading Instruction and Educational Equality. And what this study identified was reading is a fundamental skill underlying academic achievement, professional success, and full participation in society. But right now, staggering numbers of children in the United States are struggling to learn to read. So when I seen that, I was like, uh-oh, what are these staggering results? Well, here are some of the things that they um, that they said are, you know, these are, here are the topics, I should say, that um, that can help to remedy the, the problem. Before I get there, let me back up. Let me back up because I don't think you guys understand how big of a problem this is. Here are a few key stats from the report. The reports found out that 33% 33% or one-third of fourth-grade students in the United States are proficient readers. That is scary. That means that 66% of the children in fourth grade cannot read at a fourth-grade level. That means they're not proficient. That should scare you. That's, oh, that's 66%. That's nearly everybody. Nearly everybody is struggling to read in the fourth grade. I'm a father, as you all hear me talk about through various episodes of this podcast. I have a second grader, I have a fifth grader, and both of them can read. And if that's if this is true, my second grader can read better than most fourth graders in the United States. That that's not good. That's not good. They're two years ahead of her. The other stat that came out from this is 16%, 16% of students who aren't reading proficiently by the end of their third grade don't graduate from high school on time. So they're able to track the children who weren't able to graduate high school on time. And if they weren't proficient uh, in the third grade, they didn't even graduate on time. And I think this aligns with a lot of the work that's in the pipeline, uh, our prison, the school to prison pipeline, understanding folks who understand how incarceration rates are increased and prisons are um, designed with the population flow of people who failed the third grade literacy tests, things of that nature. So that's pretty accurate and common from what we already know. We'll get back to the podcast in a minute, but first. But first. You manage expenses. You manage risk. You manage market fluctuations. You manage productivity, inventory, and delivery. And some days you just manage. Work with a banker who understands that helping your business through challenging times takes a thoughtful plan, creative thinking, and a partner you can count on. Work with Bremer Bank, because understanding is everything. Put us to work for you today at bremer.com. As the temperatures dip, it's leaf raking season. But what do you do with all those piles of leaves? Did you know that it's illegal to put your yard waste in your trash? In Ramsey County, you can drop all of your leaves, grass clippings, and branches at a Ramsey County yard waste collection site. That's where you can also take your pumpkins, hay bales, and corn stalks with any decorations removed. When you're at the yard waste collection site, you will see the designated piles where you can empty your bags of yard waste. And it's all free for Ramsey County residents. Find out more about what you can bring to a yard waste collection site at RamseyRecycles.com slash yard waste. That's RamseyRecycles.com slash yard waste. Our mental health is part of our total well-being. 
we're worthy of joy and self-care. Because when we see mental health, we see a community that cares. www.cmentalhealth.org Excuse me. The other, th- the other stat that was interesting from this was 23%. 23% or about four, 48 million adults in the United States have low English, English literacy skills. So 23% of the population in the United States, it's about 48 million people have low English literacy skills, which means that the predominant language that we utilize in this country, there's 48 million folks in this country that are struggling to even speak or comprehend English, which is significant. So what is all this saying? All this is saying is that we are in a space and place where we need to stress the literacy of our children. And if you're an adolescent who's struggling with reading, there are a few things that you could definitely do today. One is start to just increase your volume in reading. Find things that you like to read about or things that you're interested in and start reading. Um, practice makes perfect. And reading alone and reading out loud, there's different techniques that you can utilize there. But just get to reading as much as possible. Something that parents and caregivers can do is, if if necessary, find outside help. Get a tutor. Um, get a, Sometimes people might even need speech coaches because they have anxiety so high. Do their to their inability to not be able to comprehend things. You have to do as much as we can to make sure that our children are getting active in reading. Uh, another thing that young people can do is form like book clubs or study groups or reading groups where they're around some of their peers and they're engaging in reading uh, material that they might find fun or funny. Uh, and it just encourages them with engaging as much as possible around the reading. Um, and then work with the parent and caregiver. You know, it might seem odd for a parent or caregiver to read a bedtime story to their teenage child, to their adolescent. But that might be what it takes is that there's some shared reading with the parent or caregiver and some level of engagement to help develop that skill set. Yes, there are interventions like um, things like that they had out there for me, like Hooked on Phonics. Those things are helpful too, but definitely do not sit and wait and think that time is going to improve reading without actual intentionality. Um, we have to be able to do some actual action to make sure that young people can read. And again, if you are a young person who is struggling to read, um, a teenager, make sure you connect with somebody, especially at your school. Many schools or school districts have resources to help improve the literacy of individuals. And many people don't know about that because they never utilize it. So don't be afraid to utilize it. Don't be afraid to get the help you need because it's definitely warranted and it's definitely needed. All right, what else? Oh, I should probably share about the report. So if you want to nerd out like myself and dive a little deeper into the report, you definitely can. I'm going to make this available at our Facebook page, www.facebook/backslash. It's not your fault podcast. You should be able to find us that way where you can get the information from the report and you can see past episodes here of the podcast. So make sure you check that out. Um, Let's see. There was one more thing I wanted to share from this that I thought was just fascinating. And I lost my place. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. So. One thing that I, a couple things to point out, and then I'll wrap up the podcast here. Uh, reading, reading skills are fundamental. They matter so much. What we know about mental health impacts the difficulty with your reading, uh, as long as well as a long-term consequences of literacy for both the individual and society at large. If people can't read, 
they're going to struggle in this life, especially on the internet, where everything has been able to read, type, and process information. Uh, there is some neuroscience of reading and dyslexia. So the latest brain research on how children learn to uh, ready, learn learn to read, and how the brains of a child uh, with dyslexia are different. So, you know, if you do have someone who has some kind of cognitive condition or dyslexia, um, there is a their brains are wired a little bit different, so they need some additional help. So, being able to engage in that reading to know where your child is is important. There is a lot of under or undiagnosed dyslexia, and young people are out here just struggling. Uh, Evidence-based reading instructions are good, too. Um, what those tell us about the most effective ways of how children should read, and we should be moving towards uh, the science of reading. And this is uh, how can how can you work together to increase access to effective reading instruction and help the next graduate, the graduation of American children grow their skills and become confident readers. I can't stress it again. This is so important. If you can't read, you can't lead. And if you can't lead, you find yourself vulnerable in bad situations and places. Please, please, please take this serious. Please consider um, if your child's having any issues, they're throwing any tantrums, they're not engaging with their, their schoolwork. It might be because they're struggling. They might need some help, but there's a level of embarrassment to getting that help. So be mindful. Uh, make sure you're taking care of yourself to the best of your ability. And with that, man, read. Pick up books, share books, gift books, whatever it takes. Make sure young people are reading. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the podcast today. Again, I'm your host, Brandon Jones. This is It Is Not Your Fault Podcast. You can connect with us three ways. The first way is at my website, www.jegna.org. That's www.jegna.org. That's Jegna. It's um, that's not Jegna Institute. This is a whole nother thing. Uh, the other way to, to connect with me is on the Facebook group, as I mentioned before. Just search "It's Not Your Fault" podcast. You can find us to get this report and other things that we talked about on the podcast before. And then, lastly, make sure you check us out at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. That is ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. With that, hopefully, you got something out of this podcast and it was inspirational. Um, and informative, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. To check out previous episodes of It's Not Your Fault, or to learn more about Brandon Jones, log on to ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. The new COVID-19 vaccine has arrived and just in time. It's an effective tool to target the variants we know are circulating in our community right now. While this updated vaccine is recommended for all Minnesotans aged six months and older, it's particularly important that some folks get it. So who's at higher risk? young children, and people who are 65 or older, are immunocompromised, have underlying medical conditions, or are pregnant. These are the folks who are most vulnerable to severe COVID-19 outcomes. They could become very sick or even need hospitalization if they get COVID-19. Variants are circulating in our community right now, and the updated vaccine is an effective tool to protect us. So check on your granddad, your auntie, and that lady next door to make sure they've got a plan to get the new vaccine and plan to take your little kiddos to their healthcare provider or your local pharmacy to get theirs. It's not just another day in your life. Things are changing for the better. At Comcast, we see those changes and we're thinking about how we use technology today to live, work, learn, and play. And we're building for the future now so we're better prepared for the wants and needs of tomorrow. 
That's why Comcast is rolling out multi-gig internet speeds to more than 50 million homes and businesses before the end of 2025. Making our already industry-leading network even faster, smarter, greener, and more reliable. Over the decades, Comcast has been your partner, working hard to serve your community, and will continue to be your partner. We're expanding our gigabits so you can enjoy the tiny bits that matter most. When I walked across that stage at my high school graduation, I was excited, but confused about my next step. Then I walked through the doors at Doherty Family College. Doherty Family College is part of the University of St. Thomas. It's a two-year college that lets you earn an associate's degree and puts you on a path to your bachelor's degree. Classes are small, so I have a personal relationship with professors committed to my success. Like the name says, they treat us like family. They call us scholars because they believe we could do anything we put our minds to. They set us up for excellence with free tutoring, and that's not the only thing that's free. Laptops, books, even breakfast and lunch, and bus fare. That's part of the package here at Doherty Family College. It's even free to apply. So do like I did. Go to dfc.stthomas.edu and set up a tour. We'd be excited to welcome you to our family here at Doherty Family College. Ridership on Metro Transit is up. The number of folks taking buses, light rail, commuter trains has jumped by 21% over last year. This means more reliable, extended service and more connection for all of us riders. Have you noticed the expanded service on some key routes? Trips have been added to the Metro Orange Line and the frequency has improved to every 15 minutes. And the Metro A-Line operates every 10 minutes between noon and 6 p.m. on weekdays. Not only that, the bus route that operates in the core routes 2, 10, and 18 all have weekday service increased to every 10 minutes between noon and 6 p.m. All across the system, you're seeing service that is available earlier and later and more service available on weekends. So come along for the ride on your Metro Transit. You know Shaletta makes you laugh, but did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. Navigating the healthcare system for our families sure can get confusing, especially when your child is covered by medical assistance health plans. But Hennepin County Child and Teen Checkups is here to help. Their caring team can help you connect to clinics and specialists that take your coverage, whether you live in the city or the suburbs. 
At Hennepin County Child and Teen Checkups, they even help you find and schedule dentists who will provide dental care for your kids. No transportation to get to the doctor? No problem. Hennepin County Child and Teen Checkups can help you get your kids to their appointments, whether it's for their annual checkup or if they're sick and need to see a doctor. These are your benefits, so take advantage of them. Hennepin County Child and Teen Checkups covers children from birth to age 20. They're here in your community to help your kids grow up strong and healthy. Need more information? Call 612-348-5131. That's 612-348-5131 for Hennepin County Child and Teen Checkups. Metro Transit is hiring. Right now, Metro Transit is looking for mechanics and technicians. These workers do the important work of diagnosing, repairing, and performing preventative maintenance on Metro Transit buses, light rail, commuter trains, and other vehicles. Metro Transit is hiring for maintenance of the way technicians for tracks and railway systems. Starting pay ranges from $29.72 to up to $41 an hour. If you're looking for a secure job that offers a great salary, competitive benefits, and a pension, look no further than Metro Transit. Right now, there's even a $4,000 hiring bonus for these positions. Sweet! Find out more at metrotransit.org slash mechanic dash hiring. That's metrotransit.org slash mechanic dash hiring. Keep your community on the move with a new career with Metro Transit. At General Mills, our table is your table, and we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity.